This is Changeling the Podcast. Changeling the podcast. Come for the glamour, stay for the vibes. I'm your host, Josh, and with this is your other host, Puka. Say hi, Puka. Many blessings upon you. What are we talking about today, Puka? Well, in continuation of our episode looking at the Shining Host book, not to be confused with Noble's The Shining Host, we'll be talking about live-action role-playing, affectionately known as LARPing for Changeling. And to that end, we have two special guests here. Special guests, please identify yourselves. Hi, I'm Ash. I am the Changeling Genre Coordinator for a LARP organization called One World by Night. I've been in the position since last year, around this time, actually. Hi, everybody. I am Will. Uh, I am also a member of One World by Night, and I am also the Clan Coordinator for Clan Ventrue within the org for as long as a year as well. The Blue Bloods. Yes. Okay. I'm very excited about this. As I said before, I got into Changeling through LARPing, but I haven't done LARPing in a while now. So it's all this stuff's making me want to get back into it. Excellent. Yeah. We're going to be discussing this topic from very different positions, Josh. <laughs> yes. So I, okay. So I have one question that we didn't have written up. What's One World by Night? Mm. One World by Night uh, is a multinational LARP organization uh, specifically for Old World of Darkness games. Uh, and basically it's sort of like an MCU shared universe type situation where all of the games exist together. You can send your sheet to other games if you're traveling. There's large events where people travel uh, from multiple different regions to attend. Yeah, I think there's a vampire LARP of that network in my area, but maybe that's a different multinational LARP network. I'm not sure, but... Oh, we can talk. Yes. Yeah. Uh, there's a map yeah. on OWBN.net where you can find a game near yep. you. Yeah. I, I don't have as much experience. Most of mine were like one group. You can get into what LARPing is. I guess actually that's a good question. What's LARPing? <laughs> <laughs> um, LARPing is live action role play in that you create a character especially in our organization, you create a character with a background, a idea for story, things like that, working with your the staff of the game you're based in. Mm -hmm. And you play your characters, you make friends, you make enemies, allies, what have you, as you grow and gain experience. It is a general group storytelling system. It's all about, you know, what the overall arc is, this, that, and personal growth of character, personal growth of friendships and stuff like that. Okay. And to piggyback off of that, uh, a lot of people, when I say that I do a lot of things in LARP, um, assume that I am out here throwing spell packets and shouting lightning bolt, lightning yes. bolt. Yep. Uh, it's not like that at all. It's uh, what we do is called a parlor game where it's, you know, all in the mind's mm -hmm. eye theater. Yeah. So it's still called mind's eye theater, the system that you're using. I was a little bit. Yes. yes. Okay. And yeah, that's one thing. Yeah. There are many types of LARPs and then you if you want to get a group of LARPers from different backgrounds to argue over, say, what's a parlor LARP or what isn't a parlor LARP, you can also get that. But It is the funniest. I have yeah. never seen a bunch of nerds so passionate. <laughs> we are. But so, so what are the key differences for Mind's Eye Theater in general 
versus tabletop, let's say like changeling. Not not everything, but what's like the big key differences? Oh, oh that that's there's two things that are very important. From tabletop, it's usually a group of four or five friends playing with a storyteller. In LARP, it is a couple storytellers dealing with anywhere from 10 to 30 people. Yeah, or uh, more. Or more. Or if right. you're getting kind of nuts, yeah. The other side is tabletop, you use di- a dice system. In uh, Mind's Eye Theater, we use rock, paper, scissors for okay. challenges. And I'd say the another big difference, you're not like throwing spell packets and stuff, but you are no. different. You have different things happening at the same time. Also in live action, you get to dress up and yes. costume up. So if you don't costume for your tabletops, what are you doing? Yeah, there's um, nothing preventing you from doing that for a tabletop. Right. People don't spend nearly as much makeup budget on their tabletop games usually. Yeah, I right. beg to differ, but okay. <laughs> uh, I will say that there's a big theatricality element in LARP that I love and is kind of what brought me to it, although I don't mm-hmm. have a theater background. But the yep. sort of improv and playing off of people and that body language really um, is different and has such a different, bigger energy than tabletop gaming. Yep. Yeah, like, and, and it can get really blurry. Like I played in a, what was basically a tabletop crossover Mind's Eye Theater game at one point with like mm-hmm. five people. So, I mean, it can get very all over the place, but... A LARPL top, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nice. It's what we call very small games, yeah. I haven't heard that term, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and that can also be like a downtime scene or you could have... There's all sorts of ways to do things. Yep. No... Exactly, yeah. So as someone who has only done a very limited amount of LARPing and none of it in the world of darkness, Dungeons and Dragons, any kind of fantasy tabletop setting... I have now that we've recorded the episode, read through the Shining Host book and created a character. But I'm curious, how do you go about putting together a LARP for Changeling? Like with the tabletop game, I can call up a few friends and say, are you interested? Let's do this. But as you're alluding to, it seems like it would be a lot more planning and execution for a proper LARP. So I'm very lucky, uh, and Will and I are both very lucky, we game in the same region where we do have a very large crew, uh, mm-hmm. and there's always an interest in new games. So mm-hmm. if I were to call everybody up and or put a message in the local group chat, like, hey, I'm starting a new Changeling Chronicle, tell your friends, I know that I would get at least 10 to 12 people who have been dying to play Changeling, <laughs> probably another 5 to 10 who wanted yeah. to check it out. Um, mm-hmm. and more sort of through word of mouth. Local gaming stores are very big for recruiting as well. Yep, mm-hmm. yep. Also, our state in particular has a long love for Changeling back from the Cam Club days. And it basically, and when it finally was first decided to make a Changeling game in our area, people just like, hells yes, let's go. Yeah, my strategy was for the LARP sister to I mean, it was a long time ago, but it was generally, I go to a vampire LARP that's full of tons of people, mm-hmm. and then I find, like, some subset of them want to play Changeling, and then they have friends, and that's how you get a Changeling LARP. Yeah, it's very much recruiting and sort of yep. shanghaiing a little bit. Yep, yep. Exactly. Well, that's how I got dragged into the LARPs that I did play, so I yeah. get Yep. Or you confuse somebody, in, like in my case, how I got into LARPing, where I thought I was going to play a tabletop game of Alternity, because the person <laughs> really did not describe what was happening well. But it was fun when I got there. I was very confused when I got there, but it was fun. So how do you sell it to people? I mean, what you just said about the theatricality, I think, is a big piece of it. But when it comes to gamers who 
really are invested in like the dots on the sheet, the rolling of mm -hmm. dice and all of those sort of system specific things. Mm -hmm. How do you, how do you talk up rock, paper, scissors to people who are coming from that background? It depends on what they're into. Uh, yeah. If they're more into PvP, um, mm. which, uh, but if it's your jam, <laughs> it's your jam. <laughs> yeah. There's certainly an art to playing rock, paper, scissors competitively with people. Uh, there's a lot yep. of eye contact and shoulder forward movement. And different things to check for cheating than yeah. rolling dice. Yep. yep. The lights come down, everybody clears. The two competitors move to the center. Yeah, <laughs> somebody's like, wait a sec, you were just throwing rock and then you switched it to scissors at the last second. What are you doing? Right, exactly. It, it, it's, it's also, you don't want to like metagame because some people just have a pattern. Yeah. Good old rock, nothing beats rock. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah it, it, ha it happens over the years. Uh, you yeah. kind of pick up patterns and stuff like that and then you go, I can't, I, I, I need to blank my mind. I need to yeah. make this clean. So. Yeah, I don't know if your experience is the same too, but when it comes to people who aren't LARPers bringing in, I've generally, like, I think I've had more people who don't, haven't played a role-playing game before join a LARP mm. than people who've only played tabletop. Well, I think so. It's the entire concept of Mind Eyes Theater. It's it's people hear theater and they go, oh, this is more like improv acting. Yeah. I've also had great success uh, in relating it to, uh, do you remember, I don't know if you guys did, but I grew up in the woods um, and there were a couple <laughs> other kids around. Um, but we would go out in the woods and like we'd, you know, play and we'd make our yep. little like wishes, oh, yeah. witches potions out of leaves and like acorn caps and dirt mm -hmm. and sticks. Yeah. Uh, and that's LARPing, really. Yeah. And that's a great way to sell changeling in particular, too, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny you say that, Ash. Growing up where I did, you, you know, the uh, Freehold book. Yeah, you grew up near Dudley Town. I right? grew up near Dudley. Mm -hmm. I grew up near uh, literally was a town away. I, I also grew up in one of the locations in the Freehold book. Yep. That's cool. the, the, sad, the sad thing is you can't even go to Dudley Town anymore. It is now considered private property, Aww. even though it's in the middle of a state park. So you can't take a dip in that lead water lake or whatever? Well, now. here's the thing. Here's the thing. Greymere Glen versus the actual Dudley Town story is two totally different things. Mm. It started as a uh, tin mining town. It, during the colonial era and it basically petered out because they started hitting lead interesting mm. i'm gonna have to do like a link in the show notes back to the episode on freeholds and hidden glens so that listeners know what yep. we're talking and about. i I'm, I'm sure i'm sure i can find a couple videos about dudley town as well so <laughs> yeah i guess one question is if sort of related to what we're getting on if somebody's a somebody listening a lot of most people listening to this are tabletop changeling players yep. i'd say Mm -hmm. Let's suppose there happens to be a changeling lurk in the area. I do not recommend you start your own if you've never. <laughs> you could, but <laughs> that's what people. Ash keeps calling me out because I've been so busy because I've been working on a changeling lark for for training yeah. real players. Yeah, but if if you happen to find what sort of generically, obviously, what should they know to not so be afraid? I guess, or what should they know? What should they be expecting? They should be expecting somebody as a storyteller. They should be expecting players to push as far as they can when they start mm -hmm. with getting you know certain arts and realms and things like that i think that depends on if you're a inexperienced or if this is your first time yep. with changeling and you've decided to st it and you're coming in for a group of established changeling players who know what's going on yeah i was talking uh, player specifically joining yeah. not a oh sorry. okay i'm yeah. sorry okay. i'm sorry sarah i said that the wrong way yeah uh, no, I, I meant, no 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 that's fine i misunderstood <laughs> yeah. So if you're a 
established World of Darkness player coming to a Changeling LARP, but it's your first time with LARP and Changeling. Or just at least LARP. Or just at least LARP. Uh, I would... I would expect things to get weird, and I really cannot emphasize enough how much you should lean in. Yep. Mm-hmm. Things are going to get a little bit weird. Uh, you're not going to know what's going on 100% of the time. And I think it's important to understand that that can also be in character. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And that's okay. It is okay to be confused and lost and ask in character, excuse me, what is happening? <laughs> or, or, yeah. or just roll with it and ride the wave. Yeah. And the other players in my experience and storyteller every, everybody there will be very excited to have you and want you to have a good time yep exactly yep. if they're not willing to take 30 seconds and explain things to you in and out of character i don't think that that's a group that you should be playing with no like there may occasionally be the one person who hasn't been yet. Yeah. yeah yeah but that's the very much the exception and everyone else will help you quickly if that happens absolutely yep Related to that, when you have issues about adjudication, if there is some kind of, not PvP necessarily, but just some kind of issue between players that needs to be resolved by a storyteller Mm -hmm. or one of their assistants, how does that usually unfold? Because I know there are rules around it, but in practice, what does it look like? Uh, usually it's done in private. Um, if I'm having, if there's an issue between two players, I'm not going to get the public involved in that. I mm. don't need the peanut gallery coming in and telling mm. me how to do my job, especially as a woman. Uh, there's a <laughs> lot yeah. of yeah. people who are willing to tell you how wrong you're doing everything. And there's two uh, things. Like there's the one-off, oh, I thought this was the rule. No, I thought that was the rule. And everyone's being respectful and then versus... Okay, there's an actual personality. Yeah, well, it's exactly. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's uh, you know the private talk and just getting each side of the story and trying to you know educate mm-hmm. and and basically fix things for people so that everybody understands at the end and moves forward. A mm-hmm. lot mm-hmm. of games also have player representatives. Yes, uh, which are there specifically to help these sorts of conflicts and make sure that everybody has like a very healthy gaming space where they can mm-hmm. express themselves and feel heard and seen. Yep. I think one other thing that might, depending on your tabletop group, because not all tabletop games are this way, but there is a tendency that way. Like you, t- you were talking about PvP, mm-hmm. and it, it's not like a binary mm. in a LARP. Like, you can think about classic D&D party and some Changeling Chronicles tabletop kind of work that way, right? And then there's like, oh, PvP, everyone's out to get each other. But I'd say the default in a LARP somewhere in between the two. And that's one thing to keep that might be surprising for some people. Definitely. Yep. Um, and there's also, there's combat PvP. And then there's our characters are kind of crossing each other's yep. paths. PvP and like, um, in a vampire LARP, this might take on you destroying another player's like backgrounds during downtime actions or something like that but it's not lethal pvp it's antagonistic but it's still considered pvp even if it's not you know throwing challenges and there's also like oh that person's not my best friend or anything oh my character doesn't isn't opposed to their character but not really allies with their character there's the thing that happens with a lot of couples i know where they decide that they want to be antagonists in character and they'll plan out how to screw each other over in a way that's the most entertaining for everyone like there's lots of stuff that happens i like that yeah that's yeah. i think that coming to when there are conflicts like that especially in a larp setting because you don't have the sort of downtime that you might in a tabletop yeah mm-hmm. everything is sort of a little bit more immediate uh, so it's important to take time and step back after the game or before the game and check in with other players 
I have a question for you for your LARP experiment. How does, because you mentioned downtime, how does time relate? Because that's a difference also with a lot of tabletop games. Definitely. Mm -hmm. um, because LARP isn't, like, it just happens as it happens for a lot yeah. of times. Uh, so there will be either, like, a scheduled game will happen once a month, and you have a mm -hmm. month of real-time days in between to get your downtimes in and do things like that. And in, it's both in-game and out-of-game downtime is the default, exactly. I'd say. You theoretically could do it differently. Well, but it's, it's, it's a lot of... Some games have, um, yeah. but it's a lot of paperwork. That, that's un <laughs> and that's unusual. Like, yeah. And that's usually like, oh, I want to play a vampire game where it's like every hundred years is a game session or something. Right. Like yep. yeah. yeah. I know that there was a Dark Ages game in our area that did that very well for vampire. Yeah. But it was a lot of like background work on the storytelling staff. And they said never again, basically, once it was done. Uh-huh. <laughs> but the default is it's time matches up. Yeah. Right. If you're doing a scene with another player in downtime, you might just be like, all right, this happens whenever it's considered timey-wimey. It mm -hmm. happened. We're not going to worry about the exact date too much. Or or maybe if you needed to, you'd be like, oh, it happened last Thursday. Whatever. Yeah. Hey, follow yeah. up after game, blah, 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 blah. You know, this happens during the following week. Okay, yeah. cool. You know, as long as people are agreeable to the timeline or whatever it mm -hmm. needs from players to staff, it's all good. Yeah. And I think another thing to keep in mind is when you're actually at the game session and it's the game session proper and not like a downtime thing mm -hmm. in between, that different from some, you're in character. You're speaking in character. That's the default for playing. Yep. Which is also a thing that's not necessarily true of tabletop. Yep. Like you don't say my character says... Yes. Blah. Yes. Mm. It, as I said, it's a lot of lot more improv than not. Right. And that sort of being in character headspace can definitely lead to a lot of bleed, which is something that has <sighs> to be very carefully yeah. managed. Yeah. Bleed, yep. immersion. These these are all things I've heard tabletop people play, describe, and I'm like, I've never really even felt it in tabletop games, but I definitely have. There's a lot more emotions on the sleeve. You might want to define these. Yeah. For... <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So bleed. Bleed is, well, let's start with immersion, because I think immersion is sort of the lower level, and then bleed is yeah. when it becomes too much. Yeah. Uh, immersion is that moment you might be reading a book, and you realize you're not even reading the pages, on, or the words on the page anymore. You're just playing the movie in your head. When you're invested, you're in it. It's mm -hmm. very mm -hmm. immediate, and everything, like, you're in character, you're in your group. Yeah. yeah. I think of it as you are in chimerical reality right now. <laughs> I like that, you're, yeah. Yep. <laughs> And then bleed is when your emotions are going between the two. It can go both directions. Right. Um, you said it's a bad thing. I'd say it's a cautious thing. It, well, as opposed it's necessarily bad. It's something to be yeah. aware of. Yeah. And mad. yeah, not necessarily a bad thing. You're right. There's a lot of ways it could go bad. It's like one way pe your emotions are infecting your character. People would call that yep. metagaming or call that whatever. That can happen in tabletop. But like the other direction is where it gets interesting in LARP yep. where it's like your characters are in love that now feels weird out of character right. talking to this person yeah. or this you really your character really is angry at this person this character but like you got to remember that you're both we're all friends here right like that's the idea <laughs> like, right uh or sort of the darkest dungeon thing um uh, where they're like the old D, &D <laughs> like tracked that is a very bad example of bleed gone way too far yeah um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's that that level doesn't that doesn't happen really not really like if that's happening there's other stuff happening with the something right. there besides but there can be it can put strains on real relationships that you have to 
and, and something to process and something to talk through. Yeah, that is actually something that happens uh, usually in LARP. It's called afters or um, mm -hmm. various regions called various different things. But basically, uh, after you finish your game for the night, you all go out to like a late night Denny's or, you know, whatever fill in the blank 24 hour diners near you. A Waffle House, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it depends on when your LARP actually happens, too, because that could right. be and you just have a meal together. You talk about mm -hmm. the game. You talk about your real lives. You say, you might like have somebody who opposed you in an argument in a scene. And you might be like, that was so cool. And mm -hmm. I think it's important to get to know the people behind the characters uh, so that yeah. you don't take things out of character just because it's in character. And it can, it can feed back in a positive way in character too. Because exactly. you're now talking and you can come up with ideas and stuff it's the point to like step there's like the stance concept in role-playing games where you're like in your character stance while you're playing is pretty heavily in larp but like this is a important sort of out of character thinking about your character as a character step you're not role-playing you're talking about things not necessarily right. about the game but that comes up a lot what happened in game so mm -hmm. and it's important just to have the kind of emotional come down and sort of aftercare uh with your fellow players i think too yeah are there any play styles that you would caution players against trying to adopt? I mean, outside of anything like saying, this isn't a PvP game, please don't go in that direction. Is there any advice that you would give about what not to do? I would caution players to avoid, and just in general, I would say to avoid making your characters based off any like one movie or something. <laughs> Um, yeah. I always try to have like at least three different influences when I make a character. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you can't just walk in and say I'm Blade. No. <laughs> Why not? Well, they would, but then it's gonna be yeah. a short game. Yeah. Although there was one game that was fun, and no one realized for like ten sessions in that they were playing two Invader Zim characters. But <laughs> was... well, two characters at once, I think, should be fine. Yeah. Three well, no, 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 no. There was two player, two characters. Oh, oh, I see. I see. That had an ongoing okay. interaction, and they were both based on. But it was obscure enough; no one picked up on it, and it was like translated. But yeah, gotcha. I wouldn't great, say yeah. there's play styles that don't work as much. I mean, you do have to be in character, like speaking. Well, maybe character. not. Maybe not styles, but just particular things not to do. Like, I mean, for sure, there's the no touching rule. So, like, that's yeah. Fine, but beyond that, um. I, I can't think of anything. It's not obvious in tabletop not to do that. I would stay in character in the main room. Avoid going out of character in the middle of scenes yeah. to explain yourself. Yeah, save and it for literal emergencies. Done, it can be done afterwards, but you should try as much as possible to stay in the moment. I'll also be honest about if you need to actually personally need to step mm -hmm. away from a scene because, yeah. you know, something's wrong. For you oh yeah like if you are not doing well with a scene and you need to just take a step back you i think the onus is on you to clearly yeah. communicate that uh but also your players your fellow players should be checking mm -hmm. in with you too this is getting me actually into the sort of area of character of things because i haven't played change in larp in a very long time about it there are things that have changed here mm -hmm. and one of them is safety tools weren't a thing when i started at least not in role-playing games so has that influenced LARPing? Yes. Yes. I actually just got back from a vampire event last weekend. They had, there was a whole bunch of different forms that you had to sign and acknowledge for like on Google Docs um, prior to even showing up. 
one of them was like a consent form medical stuff Mm -hmm. but they also had these badges uh for you to wear and the badges had an interchangeable ribbon um so if you had the green ribbon you opted into physical contact like light touches obviously nobody Mm -hmm. was going to punch you um but somebody might like touch your arm or something Mm -hmm. the yellow ribbon meant just ask first and the red was like do not even ask and I think that mm. that was that was the first time I'd seen it handled in such a way uh, that it was so unobtrusive. You could just quickly glance down and move on, um, and it just kept things going very smoothly. So, what is there anything for the more social emotional safety? Thumbs up, thumbs down. Mm-hmm. You know, staff usually go around seeing an intense scene and go and put thumbs up trying to just get a reaction from players mm-hmm. and if you know things go a little hinky they for somebody they kind of pull them aside talk to them going okay let's let's work this out stuff like that there's a lot of safety checks uh we used to never had them before but because of nordic mm-hmm. larps and stuff like that we have slowly gotten better into checking in on players and staff members and that's another thing actually different too was it? I, I don't know about some of these newer ones and i've seen it i've done nordic larp stuff so i'm curious but um, but one thing that table talk, there's a lot of hand signals and keywords that are used too. Mm-hmm. And, and you should learn the dialect of them for your game that you're going to be in. But there's all sorts of like different symbols that can mean different things. And this is like ways to move it. Like you stick your hand on your head in a certain way, or you cross your arms, or you're, you have the thumbs up, thumbs down yep. there, or you're calling time and making a T symbol or all sorts of. Yep. Yeah, my favorite is probably um, you just stick one hand out flat, um, and below that you put like a thumbs up Mm -hmm. or thumbs down. That indicates that you're not giving a thumbs up or thumbs down in character, just so that there's no confusion. (laughs) Um, That is purely out of character, like quick thumbs up or thumbs down. I keep doing it in front of my computer. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite was always going to goth clubs. With or going to like a club with your fr- LARPer friends, and then you like look at somebody standing in the corner moodily with their arms crossed and pretending that they're invisible. Oh, <laughs> god, my skate with hand signals like that. Which, yep, are those the kinds of things which new players would be informed about before they started? Like, does each group have its own kind of little sheet that they hand out? Um, uh, usually it's not a sheet mm-hmm. um, so much as it is just uh, quick in character or quick out of character announcements mm. before game. And if you're showing up as a new player, they will definitely explain to you. Yeah, a lot of LERPs will have somebody kind of take someone aside whose role at this is designated semi autistic Tell you what you need to know, like of those kind of things. It's also in this day and age the, that sort of thing would also be mentioned in house rules of the games itself and stuff, and the staff yeah. would explain it to new players as well as they first come in, just to make sure they're aware the where the basic jargon and stuff. Yeah, because just like tabletop, so many players yeah. don't read the rules, so you can't yeah. assume that they'll have read it, but. <laughs> Have either of you noticed any other trends in the LARPing community since, I guess, the 90s or the early 2000s, aside from safety tools? This is really a better question for Will. Um, I've been doing this since 2011, but without outing him too much, he's the old man. uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, 2011 is right when all those came out into North America. I've been playing in the org since 2000. The org itself started in the late 90s. Mm-hmm. but like the tools were not there at all we've also seen a lot less character versus character fighting unless it really needs to happen things like that there's a lot more 
more checking in, a lot more safety nets, a lot more, you know, hey, sorry, I did this to you. Let's let's just sit down and talk it out. Make sure I'm making sure you're okay. Mm. And I just want to explain why I did it. I would say that stuff probably started getting really prevalent in about 2017 to 2018. Yep. I can't imagine why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, me too really yeah. outed a lot of people from LARP circles. Yes. Uh, which is great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there are stories, most of which I would not repeat on the podcast. That were... I, I certainly wouldn't um, yeah. either, but there are a lot. Unfortunately, our organization obviously isn't immune to that, but yeah. Yeah. Well, if anything, I'd say like as someone who did mostly troop style, whatever, like, like individual... Or LARP organizations mm -hmm. kind of developed a reputation for that because there would be like this, well, you can't kick me out of this game. I'm part of the org, right? And there'd be like a process to try to deal with them instead of like the storyteller, local storyteller being like, you're actually, out of here. actually, in our org, you can be banned from a game because you can be banned from games and you can be banned from the org. Yep. Okay, that's good. We, we do, we do have stop gaps to stop bad behavior. Yeah. We've really tightened up our missing stairs, yeah. which is something yes. I'm very proud of. Yeah, that used to be. That's what I was like, yeah, it used to be an issue. Oh, we, we we still had those back in the day too. Oh, okay. I know the cam didn't. That was like there was more of a formal process. Yeah. So. Well, we kind of you know there's an autonomy between games. There, each game is its own separate island, but it's part of a greater whole. So the game's house rules can have disciplinary mm -hmm. actions written in for the game for bad behavior and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Another on another topic of changes. How did if at all, have you seen C20 changing Changeling Lark? So um, the Changeling coordinator before me, Eric, actually did a really wonderful job because C20 came out during his uh, reign. So because so much changed with the arts and everything, he actually, along with a couple um, helpers, wrote basically a guide to C20 and translated it all to LARP. Yep. It's a really, really wonderful document. I'm very lucky that he did it, not me. Um, if it's okay with you, I will gladly say it, uh, share it to the LARP channel. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, And absolutely. we can drop it in show notes as well when this episode is released. Uh, we actually are able to create and share content under the Dark Pact. So it's it's going to be branded on the bottom for of sure. every page that it's a Dark Pact material. But I can't, wait, uh, <laughs> Let me double check, make sure it has Dark Pact on it. <laughs> It does. <laughs> I don't know if I have the updated one. No, I do not. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> okay, it's I'll fine. take care of that. <laughs> but I'm particularly interested in something like unleashing. Like how how in the world does that get handled in a session? Uh, it's it's a very tense couple games of rock paper scissors. <laughs> yes. Um, it's yeah. It is probably the most tense rock paper scissors you've ever seen in your life. I have never seen a group of gamers just tense up and like watch intently as this yeah. player like tops it out with a storyteller. Nice. <laughs> but it's uh, one challenge and no retests. I think I remember what that means. Yes. Okay. Yep. So you play one game of rock paper scissors, and that is it. Um, uh -uh. And based on how it goes, win, lose, or tie, that is sort of the guideline for the storyteller. For is there the? It. Does it have the like you've got too successful aspect of it? Here, here we go. Here we. The system itself is to unleash a character first spends two points of glamour and gain a trait of nightmare. Then engage in a challenge of their glamour plus current nightmare plus art level against the banality of the area object or the banality plus willpower of a sentient subject. 
this may not be retested by any means. Hmm. On a loss, the player does a follow-up simple challenge. On a win, the unleashing sleeping fails, and she cannot use the art for the remainder of the scene. On a loss or tie, she loses control of the art entirely, getting an imbalance as well as allowing the art to run wildly and dangerously around for one turn. The next turn, she suffers banality trigger. The unleashing ends and cannot use the art or spend glamour for the remainder of the scene. I imagine that's one of those moments when no matter what everybody else is doing in the room, everybody stops and looks. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There is usually um, there's like a scene wide unleashing are really the only ones I've seen in LARP. Hmm. So everybody is watching anyway, because it is very. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Are there any other pieces from C20 specifically that are noteworthy for how they've been incorporated? I am actually running a plot right now um, because in C20, uh, David has come back and it's not really explained, but he's there, right? But in our organization, David has been gone for years and years and years and years. And up until C20, he was still missing because nobody ever really ran that plot. So that's something that I've taken on to kind of bring canon and One World by Night together and have us in agreement. So you're not using the five court thing? There was like a LARP book that had come out at one point that's like big setting changes. Setting oh, is this is this the one on Storyteller's Vault? Because I also wanted to ask if that I had so. been in any Oh, we oh. don't use Storyteller's Vault. Yeah, we do, not, we do not use Storyteller's yeah. Vault. If we had to allow something from Storyteller's Vault, we would have to allow everything from Storyteller's Vault. Yeah. <laughs> there was this whole thing, like the company that was doing like those around the, the 20th anniversary era, the different company that was doing the LARP mm-hmm. things had sort of most, from my understanding, the story might be incorrect, but my understanding was they had gotten really close to making a new version of Changeling LARP and they'd been, it was very different. Like, actually, and then actually it, yeah, I actually know one of the writers of that book and yeah. I looked at it and I'm like, oh, 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 that's uh, MES too. Yeah. Or is it four? It had like, yeah, they had like seasonal courts yep. and mm-hmm. anyway, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we used uh, Shining Host, and now we've translated C20. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also with the C20 update, uh, we went from a 14 trait max to a 15 trait max in Changeling. Is it, are you sort of using like a revised era Mind's Eye Theater? Or it's, is it still... it's, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, no, we're using Green Book or, you know. Yeah. For the, for those listening, we're getting to the weeds here. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Changeling, just like tabletop Changeling, Changeling Mind's Eye Theater LARP was kind of stuck in second edition when everyone else went revised. Yeah. So so some of the like rules were very different. So Uh, that was a big problem for a long time with getting people into Changeling because the rules were a little bit bananas comparatively. Yeah. I mean, they're not as bad. I have some old vampire LARP books from way before that era. And those have some really banana stuff. Oh, the great books? I had the time before genre. Like you had four health levels, but still you had, yeah, you still had four health levels. In yep. Yeah. The, yeah. Noted. Mm-hmm. So aside from C20, if and how are things different from like before the pandemic with LARPing and now? So before the pandemic, uh, LARPing was mostly in person. There were Mm -hmm. a few Discord games, um, but it was mostly where you could run scenes with people who weren't in your area. There were a couple games, but it was mostly downtime scenes and just a lot of uh, what we would call soft RP, which is no chops, just hanging out, kind of coffee Mm -hmm. shop scenes. Yep. Obviously, that all changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Um, (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh. Yeah, my cabbages. Uh, it's just most every game in One World by Night had some form of Discord presence. Uh, even yeah. if the storytellers didn't want to run Discord, they had it set up so that you could play your character if you wanted to. Or they just went on hiatus. Yeah. And I mean, that bit wasn't so different. Like, a lot of LARPs way back when had, like, message boards for the right. LARP and yeah. stuff like that. But it, it turned into, like, did it turn into, like, video sessions of LARPing? Uh, it was actually not, mo- some of it was video, I'm sure. But far and away, we just kind of all reverted to our roots of, okay, it's a 1997 AOL chat room. We're Go. mushing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. See, that I can get behind. Or, or the old World of Darkness oh, yeah. uh, game board. Oh. Yeah. That, the cringe. I um, would say the big difference, if for people who have done a bunch of the online gaming, it's the kind, like, and, and, like in-person LARPing. In-person LARPing would be, like, online gaming with a bunch of people, except... You definitely have sessions where the storytellers are there, the people running it are there, and it's lasting X number of hours regularly. It's not 24-7 because I heard rumors of one LARP that was 24-7, I think in Ottawa, because Ottawa in the 90s, was before I moved here, had some craziness, and that's bedlam. Well, well, that uh, Uh pandemic has actually brought out a lot of 24-7 Discord LARP playing. And he was like, yeah. I actually had to step in. I was on staff for a Garu game um, around mm-hmm. that time. And I had a bunch of players who were just 24-7 gaming and getting very bad in their mental state. Mm-hmm. And to be like, yep. I need you to take a week off. I need you to mm-hmm. take a walk. <laughs> Please take care of on, yourself. On my Discord server, it's, a, hey, we're going to, you can soft roleplay all you want. But goddamn, by, if you're not done by 2 o'clock mm-hmm. in the morning, you just need to stop your scene. With one LARP I was running, a bunch of us, like the players and storytellers, just happened to like socially be together. We're like, let's do some downtime scenes. And then we were like role playing until 4 a.m. And we're like, I think we're going to retcon that whole thing. That sounds like it. Yeah, right. I've definitely had scenes go on too long. And like, I, I'm too tired. I'm not in character anymore. We well, we, we, we had fun at the time, but we're like, this is not canonical for our game. Yeah. <laughs> this not happen. I've definitely had that stuff. It was too. an issue of um, what if. Mm-hmm. I like I, well, it. we had, that was like the one time I run a game of the deep dreaming too, just to make it extra. Yeah. <laughs> so on the more fun side, I would say, do you have any specific tips for things like costumes or props or set dressing? I I was yelled at by other members of the house I belong to, going, "I was representing it way too much, and you're really saying we're house ninja." So, <laughs> can you guess what house I was? <laughs> Actually, I can't. That's like four of them. No, it's only... Scottic. Yeah, it's Scottic. Yeah, that makes sense. Or as uh, as our other name for it was in the day was House Half Elf because uh, <laughs> because the Arcadian mm-hmm. ones didn't show up yet. Yeah, I think of it as House Mary Sue. But <laughs> please, did did you also try to convert Skahawk martial arts into yes. Mind's Eye Theater? Yeah, that was that did not go well. Um, <laughs> the rules are pretty uh, pretty simple as long as you think of it logically. For an illogical system, or the other, the other thing is we could have looked at uh, Kindred of the East and just turn it into a hard and soft style and martial weapon style. Yeah, but that was just bad. <laughs> well, so you had mentioned costuming before, and this actually makes me think of another issue, which is weaponry. Now I know that weaponry is like one of the big forbidden things, and given that it's changeling, you 
kind of have something in the, the setting already where you can say, actually, this stick is a sword or whatever. But how do you handle things like weaponry, but also the delineation between what's real, what's chimerical, what an object is, what it's meant to represent, all of that? Usually, we you might have like a costume plastic sword. Um, I had a very nice like lightweight wooden sword. I've also seen boffer larp weapons. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, and it depends on where you're playing. Yeah, right. Because there's lots of different kinds of places you can play, and it'd be appropriate for some and not. Yes, we played at a park once. Don't do that there. But <laughs> yeah, but like renting the basement of a bar, that's a, not so bad. Yeah, we actually, I got my first Changeling LARP um, that I was able to play in. It was in the art gallery of a really, really cool little diner. Um, yeah. I'll have to show you pictures. It's really beautiful. Oh, the omelet. Yeah, yeah, the cosmic <laughs> omelet. Um, but it looks like a Changeling freehold. Um, oh, yeah. But obviously, because oh. there was art everywhere, we had to be very, very careful. It was like a day, yeah, it was like a daycare, a children's daycare mixed with an art space. It was great. Mm. There's like a stage for performances. Yep. Yeah. Murals everywhere. It's beautiful. Love that site. So in that sense, you're almost working with the space to create mood. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And there's degrees of that. Yeah. Too. And also in warmer weather, we either play in somebody's backyard or at, at a park. Uh, there, there was a park nearby where the diner was you know, mm-hmm. in the same town. And it was a very nice park and there was like nice little areas we can just sit there and take over and play and be out of everybody's way. Hmm. Yeah. And do you find that you end up kind of picking up any slack by using things like mime or? Uh, there's definitely a bit of miming going on. Yep. Um, just by sheer virtue. I don't even think people do it consciously. It's just, it feels natural mm-hmm. in the moment to do that, like talking with your hands. Yep. Um, or going through this door that's not actually here. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Um, let, me, I, yeah. let me rephrase. It's there in the chimerical world. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Precisely. I found like, yeah, you, you might dress like the mortal seeming or the fey main, but you don't need like, if you, I'm thinking of the, the vampire example, like, okay, yeah, you're playing adventure. You don't actually need an Armani suit, right. but maybe go to a thrift store and get a suit. Yeah, don't <laughs> have like an index card tag on your sweatpants that reads Armani Crafts 5 suit. <sighs> yep. <laughs> yep. Okay, it wasn't sweatpants, but I've seen that literally. The, the other thing for like prop, physical props and like that, sometimes you didn't, can't do it, but you had an item card for it. So you had stats mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So. Yeah. And if it's an item that's going to be traded between, like, it's not, like, on a person all the time, you probably want to have an item card anyway, yep. just to explain what it is Yep. Me- mechanically. Yeah, there are item cards and props, um, and sometimes, like, if a character dies, a player will give the prop and the item card to another yep. player mm-hmm. and kind of pass it on that way, which I think is really nice. Right do, do you have tricks for recording willpower, banality, glamour, nightmare? Most of this, uh, in the before times, we were really much bigger on printing sheets. Yep. Because now most of it is through, like, you record your sheet on your phone. Mm-hmm. There are a couple sites for sheet management. Uh, mm. Shout out to Holler Games, uh, which yep. is great for this. And Puppet Print's another one that'll let you update it as you do it. Yep. And it works well on a phone for mm-hmm. doing that? Yep. Okay. Links to be provided in the show notes. Yeah. Oh, yes. I want these links. Thank you. Yeah. Holler <laughs> Games is a little, it's a newer, it's much more maintained. Uh, Puppet Prince mm-hmm. is pretty obsolete right now. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, um, sorry, Matt. Thank you for building Puppet Prince for us. But Holler is very, very good. Uh, did he fi- actually fix the uh, arts and 
for that for C20? Uh, he did. Yeah. Okay. There's, um, Cause I talked to him in. about, yeah, I talked to him about it. I'm like, that's you're using shining hose. We use C20. Let me give you the packet. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, not only that holler games isn't just for one world by night. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of things that you will have to pick mm-hmm. there, but you can pick C20 or shining host. So, which enchantment rules are you using? Uh, so we actually ran a plot. My predecessor, Eric, ran this um, where as part of some in-character happenings, uh, the mists were actually parted for full supernaturals across mm-hmm. One World by Night. Mm-hmm. So if you are enchanted, you remember it, you can see it, it okay. doesn't go away. For demi-supernaturals like kinfolk or hedge mages, they do still have a forgetting right but yeah. is it is it like the because c20 actually really made enchantment hard compared to especially shining host so like yeah we, which of those you, you do have to spend their um your glamour equal to their banality rating okay yep i don't know if this is a, a good segue or not but i'm going to turn it into one could each of you if you have a single moment that maybe not your favorite moment of all time but just like one of the most quintessential LARP moments that you've had, good and or bad. Oh, oh I got one. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Uh, we as the org ran the Return of the Fomorian Hosts, uh, the second, or as we call the Second War of Trees. And as it started, we were finding, in our area, we were fighting the Green Court uh, because... <laughs> The the we ran the lake in Greymere Glen as it was a actually dark trod for the Green Court to come through. That makes sense. Uh, <laughs> and it was always things up. No, make it stop. Make it stop. Make it stop. So we were fighting this evil Balor she, I believe it was, and their goblin and their Thalane host at, at this state park in the area close to Greymere Glen that had uh, an old dilapidated tower in it where it's all empty and stuff like that. And it was actually a, a dark freehold. While everybody's fighting everything, my slua, the knight, slips away and goes diving into this, into the, the depths of this freehold, into their dark dungeon basement cavern thing, trying to find the hearthstone. Mm-hmm. They had a guest list going on it. And, well, you know, I have enough stupid on my sheet to say, hey, you know, what's what's the rules for this? And this ST's running it. Well, you know, this, this, and this. I'm like, you know what? This is what I'm going to do. I can't get through the guest list, right? Yep. Well, you know what? I'm going to use Fuddle for chicanery. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm making it believe it's actually the new moon and hasn't been renewed yet. Hmm. <laughs> nice. I love meta magic. I love Fave 5 so, far, so much. Uh, um, yep. Changeling it's- magic and changeling arts, uh, the upper limit is your creativity. And mm-hmm. I just, I really love that. Yep. My moment is actually from later on in that plot, like sort of at the end of it, because it had gone on for a couple of years. There had been, uh, and this is actually at a Garu game, because it's an organization, our plots kind of get shared around, and our changeling PCs had a lot of uh, Garu allies that yep. they called in. In fact, so, I started in that Garu game. <laughs> so one of the Garu was actually the Silverfang Arun who had taken up the mantle of the Fomorian or the Green Prince of the Fomorian Court. And people came in from various regions uh, to take part in this two night game that was the binding of the Green Prince and the binding of this PC to these realms uh, where he, you know, was basically going to go away. 
and there were PCs, uh, and I was on my Garu PC in that guy's pack, and we played those characters together for six or seven years, mm-hmm. and all of them, um, except for like two PCs, ended up dying as part of this plot. And it was probably one of the most meaningful character deaths I've ever seen. Uh, there are pictures of us afterwards, after game was called, <laughs> where we're just standing in this yard with our arms around each other, just sobbing our hearts out. <laughs> oh. And it was just, it was a really, really beautiful, big, momentous LARP moment that felt like the conclusion of a chronicle. Right yep. And that's the kind of moment where, again, when we were talking before about things like Bleed, that's the positive version of Bleed, I feel like, when you achieve something like that. Definitely. It was huge. Um, I still, I was telling this story the other day and I cried about it. And it's been four or five years down the road at this point. (laughs) But I like that as a recommendation for the medium or for the the sub-medium, I guess, of LARPing within role-playing. Because I would like to think that I've had moments that felt meaningful for my characters in tabletop games but they weren't immersive in the same way so you know it's it's something to think about it's yeah. definitely um it will break your heart but for sure you should probably <laughs> like having your heart broken anyway mm-hmm. you're playing change yeah it's yeah um like a big thing that was done uh with the passing of david bowie because we were all playing oh. change it was it just hit everybody yeah. and the org decided no, he went back into the, he went back to Arcadia. Yeah. Yeah. So following that, we there's a question from I think uh, one of the one of the people on your Discord with what are your opinions on the darker side of the genre? And that's something yes. which Changeling, I know we've discussed on the podcast before and we've wrangled over in the Discord about whether or not Changeling is a dark game or whether it's <laughs> a horror game. How do you how do you bring that kind of stuff out in the LARP? <sighs> So it depends entirely on the tone of the individual chronicle, uh, because I think there are different shades of darkness, and mm-hmm. either you can run like a very Thelaine-heavy game and kind of lean into shadow courts and the politics of that and Unseelie and Furbolgs and Fomorians and all of that, or you can run sort of what I feel is probably better for the more personal horror um, and run like banality um dauntane as the enemy you have an autumn per your mom is an autumn person show right. up while you're playing the game you're like, what <sighs> yeah what happened to me <laughs> i mentioned that before but it's just in freehold we had a we had a tiger puka and saw one happened and we didn't have game for like two months and then we yeah. all wake up we are somewhere in india in a Khan's dream den. Oh no, it was a Rakshasa. His hands were on backwards. It was very yeah. uncomfortable. It was very uncomfortable. <laughs> Wait, did they actually like do that? Oh. So- I mean, you could if it, if you were wearing gloves and had them on the wrong like hand, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah. But no, there wasn't any actual hand on backwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a public service announcement. We please ask all listeners not to do themselves bodily harm for the sake of getting into character. No. <laughs> yes. Please, absolutely not. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's stories about spirit gum and things like that. Oh, too. my God. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Safety first. My mom did a bunch of costuming at like conventions and stuff. So yep. <laughs> I'm terrified of getting spirit gum in my hair. Yeah. 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 I mean, cosplay environment is a thing. Yeah. Um, and we do, and, you know, we have people who do cosplay and play LARP. So, 
Yeah, don't don't use the hot glue. Yeah. Doesn't oh. matter how emergency it is. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> that was safe. Someone was about to go up on stage and her costume was falling apart, so she pulled out a hot glue gun and Oh no. I think she won an award, but that was not worth it. But at what cost? <laughs> yeah. Don't suffer for your art when you LARP, please. Yeah. We, we want you whole. Except for your whole. changeling arts. Except yeah. for your changeling arts. Yeah. God, Don't do the bunk. The bunk should be safe. So I think, I'm wondering if there's like conventions in LARP that are don't, like in changeling LARP. Like in tabletop, when you think Susie, do you think Slua? Uh, yeah. But, uh, okay. but I've I'll also stretch. played a Slua with Susei, so that might be... Yeah. I, I, my Slua also had Susei, but I'm also yeah. Scathic, which also favors Susei. Uh, but every, also... every changeling LARP I've been in, if you see a Slua, they probably took Susei, and they're probably doing yeah. Susei in the yeah. session. My, yeah, my three, my three starting arts were Primal, Susei, and uh, Oniromancy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I did a Slua with Susei, Oniromancy, and Pyretics, so that was mm. a fun combination yep. i think the other question ash that you would share do you have any recommendations for newer players to changeling larp i think that's basically what we've been doing <laughs> for the whole episode yeah yep. definitely so, yeah. um i've been hitting you guys with the soft i do want to throw in one thing it's like we, we we've mentioned a bunch of like really elaborate things people have done don't feel like you have to do that this is things people have of their own volition chose to like yep. put in for this and it's fun but there's not like, oh, you didn't do that. Like, you're not going gonna... to. It's kind of like the critical role thing. Like, no, yeah. you don't have to be critical role. Yes. Yeah. And the fun thing is, and in the same LARP, you know, you have 30 people. There's going to be different levels of financial sure. and yep. time commitments and all sorts of stuff. For bunk bunk items, dollar store is your friend. Oh, for sure. Yep. I actually love going to the dollar store in character and getting bunks. Um, I think that that has been probably, there was one uh, near where I was playing and it was probably one of like the best $5 I've ever spent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just going through and like in character on a mission, I need things to accomplish X, Y, and Z for this bunk. Um, mm -hmm. It was it was really fun. What was the bunk? Oh my god! Of course you're gonna ask me that. It fell completely <laughs> oh, out of my head. Uh, it's okay. We can cut that question. <laughs> <laughs> I had to like get an army from one place to another, so I needed stuff for portal passage, um, mm. and a big flicker flash bunk. And I had like ten bucks at the dollar store. <laughs> I do like that though, as almost like a, a way of measuring bunk effectiveness is like. I, I, again as you said not everybody has the same financial means so you shouldn't say the more stuff you buy for your bunk the more powerful it is but just like the more inventive your choice of prop is yeah then... yep like i i carried around one of those think geek uh, bag of holdings it would just had a bunch of random things ribbons things like that in there just for any bunk possible i still have half the stuff we use mm -hmm. bunks for i keep like a sewing um like a sewing kit uh, or like the tins of biscuits that you always put sewing supplies in. Mm -hmm. I keep one of those just for like random items that I found that would be good bunk material. Mm -hmm. So I can just grab it and put it in my LARP bag. So Elleris on our Discord chat asked two questions. The first of which I think we've kind of answered, which is how intense of an investment is it on average? Is it sort of like improvisational theater? Which, yes, seems to be the answer. <laughs> sort of like. Sort of it's, like. It's definitely yeah. different. I've, I've actually had, we talked like, people coming in with a, with a tabletop mentality, not right. There's a bit of a, 
improv mentality, which doesn't always quite fit because they're just trying to yes and everything. And you're like, we do have rules here in a system. <laughs> Let's... Right. But... Yes anding within the sandbox. Yep. And that's, I think, some improv people have a little bit mental shift. I've heard <laughs> so... stories. I should probably leave it mm-hmm. at that. Not inappropriate things that would be inappropriate for improv, but just... Again, I've heard stories know. that I should probably yes. <laughs> leave to one side. Yeah. But then the other question, Elaris asks, how do you, or how is it anticipated, a LARP player will sell a character concept? So I think that's a that's a good question to think about from the LARP perspective as opposed to the tabletop one. If someone comes to you who's a new player, whatever level of experience they have, what's the expectation for how they're going to introduce themselves both out of character and then into the story? So I think a lot of that for a newer player, even if they are an established LARPer, is on the ST staff. Mm -hmm. Because you as a storyteller are going to know the best. They might not have the character connections. They might not have the out of character connections either. Um, But you're going to know where to put them. And you're going to be able to sort of insinuate them into the group and be like, this is the Duke's uh, noble cousin, Lady such and such. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Elris is worried about role-playing it, like right. trying to portray the character. And I think people are very giving. Like if they can get a sense of what you're going for, they'll roll with it. Exactly. Yeah. And everybody was new once upon a time. Nobody yep. just was yeah. born the perfect LARPer. Perfect LARPers are made, not born. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure there so, are many people who think they were born the perfect LARPer. Uh, Lord have uh, mercy. No, every the best LARPers I've known are very insecure. So that's... I didn't say the ones who think they're best are the best. <laughs> yeah, no, we're all just basket cases uh-huh. um, with social anxiety. But I think people are kind enough and good enough to realize that it's a new player and they might need a little more hand-holding or they might need um, a little bit of reassurance and i've actually i have always seen new players come to larp and give so much of themselves and Mm -hmm. we give role play nods after the fact and there are always so many people who are just like that was so great you did so well like i can't believe this is your first time and just really Mm -hmm. gassing them up Um, yeah and i love that yeah yeah, like some some new players are just, they do just go nuts and they're great. I'm not saying they have all the skills, but they'll like... The commitment to the bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah and they'll just ham it up and they'll... But I find like, yeah, the sh- more someone who's nervous about that, hopefully the storyteller staff, if you don't... I mean, if you know someone and you're going to the LARP, if you can make your character sort of have a reason to hang out with them that first session, sort of have somebody with you at least at first doesn't have to be the whole session but just somebody like somebody you know somebody you can your character knows too or something to like excuse to be around this other person for a bit and it could be somebody you didn't know necessarily like the storytellers help like ask somebody or i find that helps a lot right in changeling context it might be a grump who takes care of like the younger childlings if you're a fresh chrysalis um which if you've never played fosterage kind of thing right if you've never played changeling at all before i always recommend coming in as a fresh chrysalis Mm -hmm. because you won't know what's going on and that's fine yeah Yeah. right on but even if you aren't like very knowledgeable at changeling but larping scarify you you can still yeah you are somehow associated with this other character and yeah Yeah, definitely coming in um, either with a buddy or having a buddy assigned to you. And I think that when when staff assigns a player to you, they're not like picking somebody at random, you know, like they know their player base. They're going to stick you with a good one. (laughs) Someone who likes doing that role, too. Yeah, exactly. The Boggin. 
Yeah, they might not be playing a bargain. Yeah, but they they're bargains a red in cap, real life. But they are a bargain. Yes. I was actually just thinking of a dear friend of mine who is probably um, she's a fairy in real life. Like she works, she's a dance teacher. Um, she mm-hmm. is in almost every way like an actual she with bargain tendencies. But she played a red cap uh, grump who took care of kids, and it was the funniest. Yes. She was actually a child welfare service. Advocate. Yeah, that was oh. that was like her autumn seeming. Yeah. Um, the characters mm-hmm. autumn seeming. She was a child welfare services advocate. That's my motley mate. <laughs> yeah, her name was Danny. Danny, we love you, yeah. Rachel. Come back. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's all the questions. Yeah. Um, yeah. And is there anything else you would want to shout out? It's okay if the answer is no, but uh, places to follow you, that kind of thing. I don't really have a big LARP social media presence, um, yep. but I will pop a link to the Changeling um, out-of-character server for One World by Night. And if mm-hmm. people are interested in finding games uh, near them or if they want to try Discord games, they're welcome to come. Mm-hmm. Yep, which means that I have to actually work on my my uh, training wheels game. Yeah, that <laughs> means that you have to get that game off the ground. Yes, yes because, you know, because, you know, I have a anarch game that actually has a couple counties that are right next to where the high throne is in our org and i'm like oh i can just do a western marches game and just have people rediscover lost lands so okay thank you so much for having us this was oh, thank you for fun. coming on yeah, thank you guys i feel informed <laughs> but do you feel ready to play well it's I, the, the larping that i've done is I did a few Nordic LARPs with a friend mm-hmm. who was a performance mm-hmm. studies graduate student. So, and I did enjoy it, but it was extremely intense. So, yeah, I imagine that if I were to do Changeling, it would actually be a little bit more relaxing because it is a little bit less. <laughs> yeah. So, and having that on—I mean, I guess you could do a Nordic style Changeling LARP, but it would be a lot. I—I I don't. Think yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. That that that, that would. Oh. <laughs> let's let's have a six-hour conversation about how your mind is slowly slipping away. Okay, it's it's the shattering, and the gates have just closed. Right. <laughs> let's play that. For, um, let's just sit with that for a second. <laughs> yep. But um, but yeah, I think I think having that experience might, if you do go join it, combined with your changeling knowledge, Puka, I think you're. <laughs> well, I'll take a look at this link that Ash has provided. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, as to other links, you can find our website, changelingthepodcast.com. You can email us, podcast at changelingthepodcast.com. You can send us a toot, changelingpod at dice.camp. You can go to our Facebook page, Changeling the Podcast, and join our Discord, where uh, Ash and Will are also there, along with me and Puka, discord.me slash ctp. And if you have any questions about OWBN and Changeling in particular, you can always email me at changeling at OWBN.net. Again, links will be provided. Yeah. And once again, I'm Josh. And I continue to remain Puka. Just remember, if you feel nervous, just go talk to the grumpy old red cap. You'll be fine. (laughs) (laughs) Sage advice. Of all the ideas bandied about in this episode, few seemed as charming to us as having a freehold inside a diner slash gallery slash community space called the Cosmic Omelette. Since the dreaming is infinite and holds all possibilities, such a haven for the Fae would undoubtedly feature a menu with egg dishes of celestial proportions. Imagine, if you will, a quiche made with entire nebulae and flecked with neutron stars. 
or a Benedict, topped by a pair of poached white dwarfs and drizzled in hollandaise forged in the fiery heart of a supernova. And of course, you can order a solar omelet made with the chromospheres only, but it will cost you an extra buck fifty. The customers of such an establishment would, we feel, undoubtedly include our own patrons for this podcast whom we'd like to shout out. Derek, Dorcadus, Jason Vines, Oreo, Roz Caboose, Sanchaker, Sija, and Terry Robinson. If you'd like to become a patron of our show, visit www.patreon.com slash changelingthepodcast. We can't promise you a quantum singularity inside an egg cup, but at the very least, you'll get a call out at the end of each episode. You can also hang out on our Discord to join the conversation about this and other Fae topics, leave a review on the platform where you're listening to this episode, or just tell your friends and random strangers about our show. Spreading the word helps us continue to bring you content each week. Thanks very much for listening, and until next time, keep on dreaming. Here come the outtakes. Well, to that note, I think this is maybe a good time to bring in one of the... Um... What, what was that? <laughs> My dog has this squeaky toy. I'm so sorry. I'm like, like, is that Rio? Yeah. It's like, oh shit, the duck found us. Toy. Um, Don't laugh at the duck. Uh, I was, I was clutching my pearls in terror. Um, Lost my train of thought. So, I'm so sorry. <laughs> derailed by Rio. Yes. <laughs>